Sometimes the guilt we hold over ourselves for these cheats does more harm than the actual cheats themselves. Hello there, and welcome back to the Spring to Life podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host slash hormone health coach, fertility awareness educator, Pilates instructor, and creator of the Spring to Life method. My goal is to promote feminine body independence and share stories of female resiliency to help you love your body more and unleash your inner superpower, your period. Before we get into today's episode, I just have a few little housekeeping notes that I want to be sure to share with you. If you haven't already listened to last week's episode of the Spring to Life podcast, I highly recommend you go back and give it a listen, episode 29. I interviewed Dr. Danielle DeRoche. She's a naturopathic doctor specializing in women's health, and we talked all about the connection between hair and hormone health and what thinning, shedding hair might mean, excess hair growth on other parts of the body. And at the end of all of it, we are doing a giveaway of WellBell, which is our favorite supplement for healthy hair growth. And we're gonna pick two winners at the end of the month. So if you're listening to this in the month of August, 2023, definitely go back and give a listen, check the show notes, see how you can enter to win yourself a one month supply of WellBell. Also, I have just a handful of spots left in my hybrid self-guided one-on-one coaching program, Get Synced, for the low monthly price of $45 a month. Now, this is a three-month commitment, and in this time, we are going to address your hormone health, set a baseline with healthy habits, and then start to individuate your experience with cycle syncing, implementing low-impact exercise, and addressing your hormones through the lens of self-care, nutrition, nervous system regulation, movement, all of these things, and all wrapped together leads to you living a balanced and vibrant life. So if you're interested in participating at this low price before it goes up and also receiving a welcome package because I have about three of those left, check the show notes and enroll today. It's rolling enrollment, so when you sign up, you're going to start the program the following Monday. Also, if you're looking for a little self-care, I am going to be co-hosting a full moon self-care ritual event happening at the end of the month of August with my friends Lily and Kelly. Lily is an energy healer um, and she is like just this natural guide and Kelly's really into astrology and herbs and of course I'm into hormones and Pilates. So we're going to combine our interests for this event. It's going to be a virtual event. It's going to include a grounding meditation. It's going to include a nice stretching flow led by me, followed by some mask application. We're going to do some skincare while Lily does a little bit of energy work. And this is all around setting some full moon intentions per Kelly's recommendation. So you're, if you're interested, we don't have a time picked out yet. We'd love to know when you'd like to come. So I have a poll 
in the show notes as well for you to vote on a time. And last but not least, please follow the show if you are not already. Leave a rating and a review. This helps the Spring to Life podcast reach and educate more women on their superpower. And that is just my mission and my passion. So please share, follow, review all of the good things. All right, that's it. Let's get into it. Okay, so the topic of today's podcast is macro and micronutrients and why they are important for hormone health. So we're going to start kind of high level, big picture, breaking those two things down, and then we're going to get more into the details of how they apply to our hormonal health and even cycle syncing. So I put out a question poll in my Instagram stories this week. I got a couple good questions from the audience. So those are just kind of interwoven into this whole discussion. So let's start at the top here. What is a macronutrient? What is a micronutrient? Macronutrients are the nutrients we need in large quantities to provide our bodies with energy. So think protein, carbohydrates, and fat. On the other hand, micronutrients are chemical elements or substances required in trace amounts for normal growth and development. Things like calcium, iron, various vitamins, that type of thing. So one is like the big picture, one is the details. That's how I kind of think about it. So as women, and I'm talking about macros now, the big picture of what we need when we're eating throughout the day, how much do women need? I'm not a big fan of putting just like cut and dry numbers on this, especially not with how many calories you should consume in a day. The number 2000 has been the standard for so long. And the truth is that that's usually not enough. We need to forget about the calories and focus on the macros. And now I don't want you to be crazy about the macros. We're just going to throw out a couple good rules of thumb to stick by. And then you are meant to eat in your own unique way. So once you have these rules of thumb, you can develop a way of eating that suits your needs and helps you feel energized. So forget about the calories. In a day, your total meals should be about 30 to 35% protein, 30 to 40% carbohydrates, and 30 to 35% fat. So if you think about your plate, like a pie chart, every time you sit down to eat a meal, about a third of it is protein, about, you know, a little bit more than a third of it is carbohydrates, and then the rest of that is filled in with healthy fats. And that's just the rule of thumb. Obviously, things are going to deviate from meal to meal, but that's where we want to start. And another rule of thumb here is that our focus should be on balancing your blood sugar every time you eat. So like I described your plate as a pie chart, every time you sit down to eat, it should have those three macronutrients on it. If we just eat carbs, it's going to spike our blood sugar and not satiate your hunger. So you could have, um, you know, a pastry and it'll be delicious when you eat it, but you're going to be hungry really soon thereafter. So maybe you're having some Greek yogurt with that scone, or you're having a hard boiled egg with that scone so that you're kind of balancing it out. 
consuming a combination of protein, carbs, and fat is going to ensure that you stay fuller for longer, and it's also going to reduce the need to snack. Now, I got a good question from the audience, and that is, which one is more important? Macronutrients should always be the focus. Take care of the big picture first. Once you have that down, you can start to zoom in on the details, which are the micronutrients. Now, of the macronutrients, which one is most important? I like to keep the focus on protein because that's where most women, myself included, tend to be lacking. I don't think that I was eating enough protein in my life until like the last year, really. Like I was getting better and better about it, but now I truly understand how important it is for hormone health. And I think this is so great because I see this happening just collectively as a culture. We're realizing as women that we do really need to eat a lot of protein throughout the day. So each meal, I try to get at least 20 to 30 grams of protein. That's a pretty good, again, rule of thumb for women. If you're you're having a snack, we're looking for, you know, 10 to 15 grams of protein. That is great. Your goal every day should be in the range of 100 grams of protein. And I've heard suggestions as high as one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And now if you're training really heavy, if you're lifting a lot, I would definitely try to get as close as possible to one gram of protein per pound of body weight. And for reference, a single egg is only six grams of protein. So just take a second with that in mind and ask yourself if you're getting even close to 100 grams of protein on average per day. And chances are, maybe not. And if you do tend to have trouble with your energy or your focus or snacking a lot, having cravings, amping up the protein in your diet can really help to alleviate some of those other issues that tend to take up a lot of brain space for us too, and just like our mental focus. So There are so many benefits to including more protein in your diet. Now, another question that I got is, is low carb or low fat better? And maybe you can guess this by now, but my answer is neither. Women need healthy sources of carbohydrates and fat in order to produce adequate amounts of hormones and have a healthy cycle. So aside from providing essential nutrients women's bodies need to make sure ovulation occurs each cycle, a lack of carbohydrates also signals to the brain that the body is under stress, which then triggers the stress hormone cortisol. And it just creates this whole domino effect that totally messes with our menstrual cycle. And remember, our menstrual cycle is our fifth vital sign. So it's not something that we shouldn't be concerned about when our cycle is missing or there's something irregular about it. And then for fat, our bodies use fat to produce sex hormones like estrogen and progesterone. So if there's not enough fat to go around in the body, again, your menstrual cycle will be compromised. This is why cycles are disrupted for athletes or anyone who is either under eating and or over exercising. So very similar to the last question. Another one I got is what is the best diet for women? No diets. 
I am such a huge believer that food is meant to be enjoyed. And I think that's extremely difficult to do if you are constantly setting rules around food. I have always enjoyed food so much, but back when I was dancing professionally, and you know just going through things in my younger years i had all of these disordered thoughts around food and as much as i wanted to enjoy it i was constantly you know setting these rules and these boundaries and guilting myself and it it all added up to be just a huge mess in my body and the more that i've freed myself from the idea that my food has to be a certain way or it has to be perfect or i have to count this or count that the, my quality of life has just skyrocketed. And I've seen that be true for so many other women as well. And you might even say that now I have rules around food when it comes to eating for hormone health. And you wouldn't necessarily be wrong, but I think of it more as just having a standard. I know what types of food are going to make me feel good on a regular basis, so I want to eat that way. For me, that means animal-based protein, fresh fruits and vegetables, quality carbs, and delicious fats. That doesn't mean that I don't have treats. I love treats, and that's why implementing the 80-20 rule is so key, because you're allowing yourself that wiggle room, that 20% to have quote-unquote cheat days, where you enjoy life with all of the treats, and then you get back to normal. Sometimes the guilt we hold over ourselves for these cheats does more harm than the actual cheats themselves. Okay, so some important micronutrients. Once you have the big picture covered, what are some micronutrients that we should start to prioritize in our diet? First would be selenium. This one is so overlooked and I know so many women suffer from thyroid dysfunction and their doctors never mention to them this simple thing called selenium that you can get enough of by literally eating two Brazil nuts per day. It's as simple as that. And this is really something you can start to add in whenever, even if you're still working on the big picture, because two Brazil nuts per day, I love to have that as like a snack mid-afternoon with a bite of cheese and you're covered. That's it. Another one is iron. This is important for oxygenating our blood, replenishing our blood after our period. I love cooking on a cast iron. Anytime I'm cooking beef, pretty much I'm cooking it on cast iron. Animal proteins are a great source of iron as well. Another one is iodine. This is also important for thyroid health. Sea vegetables like seaweed snacks, things like that, fish and shellfish, my words today, are great sources of iodine. And then another one is zinc. Zinc is so important for immunity and we can always use more of it. Food sources are oysters, eggs, beef, things like that are going to help you replenish those zinc stores. And then the last one I'll mention is magnesium. We need magnesium for literally like everything in the body. If you don't feel up to like 100%, adding in magnesium is so clutch. It's going to help to alleviate PMS symptoms. It's going to help your body just conduct 
daily business, basically. So, and our food sources, we used to get magnesium from soil because the soil was rich in these micronutrients and then our food would grow in that soil and it would absorb those micronutrients and then we would consume that food and in turn absorb those micronutrients like magnesium. Unfortunately, our soil is really depleted from factory farming and just poor practices, not taking care of things. So a lot of times magnesium supplementation is necessary. Like something like 75% of the population is deficient in magnesium. I have an entire podcast episode on magnesium. I can't remember what number it is, but I can link that in the show notes as well. If you're interested in learning how much we need magnesium, especially as women, I highly recommend going to listen to that. I drink magnesium every day. I love Ned's Mellow Magnesium because it also contains L-theanine and GABA. So it's helping your body just to de-stress as a whole. And it has three types of magnesium in it. Um, So your body's really absorbing. It's not just magnesium citrate or malate, which are typically found in most magnesium supplements, but are really only good for getting things moving, if you know what I mean. We want the ones, there's so many different types of magnesium. We want the ones that are going to absorb into our blood. So check out Ned Mellow Magnesium if you're interested in that. And I'll put my uh, discount code in the show notes as well because they have a great program and every purchase you can use a discount code. So check that out. Okay, moving right along. How can we cycle sync our macros? And I think this one is so interesting. So for this, we're just going to look at two halves of our cycle, follicular phase, which starts from the first day of your period and goes until ovulation occurs. And then luteal phase, which is from right after ovulation until the, your next period starts. So that's like the two-ish weeks before your period. So how can we cycle sync our macros between those two phases? During your follicular phase, your body is more insulin sensitive, which means that it's going to use carbs more efficiently. So you can eat more carbs. So this is where at the beginning, I gave you that kind of 30 to 40% range of carbs per day. This is where you wanna be or can be on the high end and really feel good. So around 40% of your food intake for the day can be carbohydrates, high quality carbohydrates. If you love a good pasta dish, put it on your meal plan in the week or two following your period, you know your body's going to digest it better and utilize that energy from the carbs better than if you have it, you know, the week before your period. Although it might be like a comfort food then, I'm not gonna tell you not to eat it then, but if you really want to optimize how your body is using the fuel that you are consuming, try carb loading your meal plans so that there are more carbs in the first two weeks of your cycle and slightly less in the second two weeks. I'm never saying you should not eat carbs. You should always eat carbs. On the flip side here, during your luteal phase, you're going to be more insulin resistant. So we want to lower down our carb intake and ramp up our uh, fat intake. So this is where we're on that lower end of like 30% daily intake carbs and maybe on the higher end of fat around 35%. Your metabolism is also slightly faster because progesterone raises your body temperature and it's using a lot of 
energy. So you might even want to be consuming more calories and that's okay. You should never feel guilty for giving your body the food that it is literally asking for. When we're thinking about having more fat in our diets, fatty fish like salmon, vegetables roasted in extra virgin olive oil or avocado oil, beef cooked in butter or tallow, high quality dairy, things like that. So pretty simple cycle syncing the macros. We always want to prioritize protein, protein, but in your follicular phase, you're going to do better with more carbs in your luteal phase. You're going to do better with more fat for energy. Now, if we get a little more granular with this, how can we cycle sync micros? And this is actually kind of fun. I love getting into these little details. Starting with your menstrual phase, now we're gonna break it out into four quarters because we can get a little more granular. In your menstrual phase, eating iron-rich foods is a good place to start because that's gonna help to replenish your blood. Um, like I mentioned before, you can cook on cast iron, include animal proteins, beef, things like that. Once your period ends and you move into your follicular phase, uh, we need lots of like antioxidant rich foods, fresh fruits and vegetables, focusing on B vitamins is going to support egg growth and ovulation, salmon, leafy greens, eggs, high quality dairy products, things like that. Ovulatory phase comes next, focusing on vitamin C to support your immunity. Uh, so that's colorful fruits and vegetables, also anti-inflammatory things, um, turmeric, I'm getting into like actual foods now, but things that are anti naturally anti-inflammatory for your body are great to start incorporating during your ovulatory phase because there is a slight bit of inflammation that occurs when your body is releasing that egg and then you're moving into your luteal phase where we want to prioritize zinc and magnesium, especially zinc, of course, helps with our immunity. Our immune system is naturally a bit lower during our luteal phase. And then magnesium, of course, is going to help support healthy progesterone production, reducing PMS. And we always wanna make sure to replenish electrolytes. I always have coconut water or element or even sea salt in water during the luteal phase because like I mentioned, your body temperature is naturally a bit higher. And funnily enough, your thirst like senses are going to be less sensitive. So you are not going to notice how thirsty you are as much during your luteal phase. So it's really important to make sure that you are replenishing, hydrating and getting those electrolytes. Now, it might seem a little bit like too much at once to think about cycle syncing micros and breaking it down phase to phase. What it really comes down to is following your taste buds because your body is naturally going to crave what it needs during each cycle. So I really love to think about fruits and vegetables seasonally with the phases of my cycle and follow the cravings from there, especially if your gut is healthy. If you feel like maybe there's something going on in your gut, you're having a lot of sugar cravings, um, you're not digesting certain foods well, you probably want to start with working on your gut health first because your cravings are maybe not leading you in the right direction. I remember when I used to be just craving sugar all of the time, I had to do a lot of work on my gut first, but now I really understand how to follow those cravings and that really is what intuitive eating is. So 
If you think about your cycle seasonally, menstrual phase is winter, follicular phase is spring, ovulatory phase is summer, and luteal phase is autumn. So naturally during luteal and menstrual phases, you're gonna be craving more roasted root vegetables. And then once you get into follicular and ovulatory phases, you're going to be naturally drawn to fresh, raw fruits and veggies. So just start to pay attention to those things and follow your senses. If you don't want to eat a fresh chopped salad when you're on your period, you don't have to because it's not really what your body wants. Okay, so that was about everything I wanted to cover. And just for fun, I wanted to share six foods that I always have in my kitchen most of the time, unless things, unless I really need to go to the grocery store. But these are just some staple items that I always have that I can just rely on to be able to feed myself and fuel myself appropriately and not be just like opening the refrigerator door every 10 minutes because I feel like something's missing. Number one, high protein Greek yogurt. So this is where you wanna be reading the labels. I have found where I live in Montana, the highest protein Greek yogurt I have ever seen. It has 20 grams of protein per serving. They make a plain and one that has, is honey sweetened with honey. So all that it is is yogurt or yogurt with honey. They're both so delicious. 20 grams of protein per serving. I am obsessed. Uh, that is definitely not the norm though. So definitely read the labels. Some I've seen yogurts with like five to six grams of protein, yogurts with 11 to 12 grams of protein. Try to get the highest protein content as possible because then it's really easy to make that into a breakfast bowl or a quick lunch. Um, I always keep frozen berries like blueberries or cherries in my freezer for this reason because it's really easy just to pour some out in the morning or a couple hours before lunch, let them thaw a little bit and either mix them up with Greek yogurt and chia seeds or blend it up in the blender and make a smoothie. And then I know that I'm getting the protein that I need, the fiber that I need, the uh, carbs, and then I'll also add some chia seeds usually for a little bit more fiber. So high protein Greek yogurt, frozen berries, Number three is dark chocolate because it's delicious and it also has magnesium. There are good things for you in high quality dark chocolate. So try to get in the like 60 to 80% range of dark chocolate. I like to stay around 70 to 75%. Animal protein. I always have steaks and ground beef in the freezer or chickens. Lately, I've been doing alternating meal plans like one week I'll roast whole chickens on Sunday and then we just eat different chicken dishes throughout the week and then the next week we'll have things that are either just simple steak and vegetable meals or ground beef meals things like that so that we're alternating getting the nutrients we need from those animal proteins rice a super simple carb I honestly usually do white rice but I had some brown rice recently I am not really going to tell you that you should have one or the other. Just having an unprocessed carbohydrate is good. And then healthy fats, butter, extra virgin olive oil, avocado oil. I always make sure I have at least one of those in my pantry so that I can cook in my cast iron, cook in my stainless steel, and make sure that my food's going to have the appropriate amounts of healthy fats.
Well, that's that. I hope you liked this episode and you found it helpful. If you want to hear more episodes like this, if you want to submit a question, you can always DM me on Instagram. I'm at spring to life method. If you love this episode, if you learned something new, if you resonate with this conversation, please share, send it to your girlfriends, tag me in your Instagram stories, leave a review on the show, uh, because we all deserve to know our superpower. And the more you share the show, the more women I'm able to reach with this message. And just to remind you one more time about those quick housekeeping notes, go back to last week's episode, number 29 with Dr. Danielle, learn about hair and hormone health and enter to win that well, well getaway, get synced. There's a couple spots still open. I would love to work with you at this reduced rate and send you a welcome package because it's so fun to get mail. And if you're interested in a full moon self-care ritual, vote on the time that works best for you. Uh, That's linked in the show notes. And again, I just appreciate you being here and I will talk to you next week.